Two new cases in Carmarthenshire, 14 in Pembrokeshire and one in Ceredigion. The total number of cases in Wales is now 201,688 with 5,237 deaths. The total number of cases across the three counties is now 15,307. That's 10,343 in Carmarthenshire, 1,703 in Ceredigion and 3,261 here in Pembrokeshire. Dr Robin Howe, Incident Director for the COVID-19 Outbreak Response at Public Health Wales, has said... Coronavirus rates have fallen in every part of Wales but remain higher in some parts. We remind the public that we remain under level 4 restrictions to keep infection rates falling. Please stay at home, meet only the people you live with, work from home if you can, wear a face covering, wash your hands regularly and stay 2 metres from anyone you do not live with. As primary school children aged 3 to 7 years in foundation phase will be able to return to face-to-face learning, we thank parents for their perseverance during the winter. We need your continued support to control the spread of coronavirus, so please do not send your child to school if they are unwell, even if you are not sure if they have coronavirus, and please continue to work from home if at all possible. Dr Howe continued on the return to school, saying when you take your child to school, always keep your distance from other parents, wear a face covering, and don't stay around and chat. Please don't invite other children or their parents to your home to play or stay, even outdoors, and even if they are in the same bubble at school and make sure your child understands the importance of washing their hands regularly. The police have made an arrest in connection with the suspicious death of a woman in Pembroke Dock on Saturday. A police spokesman said David Powis Police is continuing to investigate the death of a woman in Market Street in Pembroke Dock. One person has been arrested in connection with the death, which is currently being treated as suspicious. Officers remain at the scene and are currently working to establish the circumstances surrounding her death. A 40-year-old Haverford West woman has been put under a curfew for assault a police officer. Claire Evans of Market Street appeared before the town's magistrates on February 16th. She pleaded guilty to assaulting an emergency worker, PC Emma Robertson, by beating her. The incident occurred at Haverford West Police Station two days previously on Sunday. The court found that the offence was aggravated by being committed against an emergency worker carrying out her duty. Magistrates made a community order with Miss Evans put under a 14 week curfew with electronic monitoring. This requires her to stay at home between 6pm and 6am daily. She was also ordered to pay £50 compensation, a surcharge of £95 to fund victim services and costs of £85 to the Crown Prosecution Service. I am Charlie James and you are up to date. On we Performing just like my Rory You're too fine, need a ticket I bet you taste expensive Pouring up, 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 all the leader If you're keeping up, you should keep it Tequila and vodka Girl, you might be a problem Run away, run away, run away, run away I know that I should But my heart wanna stay, wanna stay, wanna stay, wanna stay now You can see it in my eyes that I wanna take it down right now if I could So I hope you know what I mean Take you dancing
Radio for Monday evening. I'm Ben Stone. Welcome to Pure West Sport with G&G Builders, a Pembrokeshire-based company that's been around for more than 30 years. Find out more at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. We're live on the Facebook page between 8 and 9 with an amazing adventurer joining us. More on that to come very soon. We're talking rugby and cricket in the first hour and we've got an archive interview with somebody who is part of a small group of Welsh players that have won three rugby grand slams. Our archive interview today is with Gerald Davis, who joins the likes of Gareth Edwards, JPR Williams, Ryan Jones, Adam Jones, Gethin Jenkins and Alan Wynne-Jones at the very top table of Welsh rugby. It's a busy show. It's Monday evening. Let's get going with Pure West Sport. Good evening and welcome to the show, Pure West Radio for a Monday evening. Good to have your company as well. It's going to be another busy show this evening. Lots to come in this first hour and Bill Khan has joined me right now. Good evening, Bill. How are you? Good evening, Ben. Yeah, looking forward to uh, this evening's, the second half of this evening's show. Uh, Nice, got some good guests on in the first half. And uh, now we have two very special guests this week. 
Yeah, we do. Uh, we're going to be talking to Gareth Reynolds from Dale, who's just completed that 3,000 mile challenge across the Atlantic Ocean from the Canary Islands to the Caribbean. Uh, you've had a sneak preview, Bill, because I know you've spoken to him for your website for an article you're putting together. What can we expect when we talk to Gareth after eight o'clock this evening on Pure West Sport? I think you'll you'll be surprised at how laid back and how you know pleasant and unassuming guy he is. You know, he was in my year for five years. He was a character there, a lovely fella. You could see straight away he had something about him. His family have run Dale Sailing for many, many years, and he's been brought up by the sea, but he's not a rower. And he was telling me some of the things, like uh, there was a bit of a scare at one time out there when three different boats got spiked by Marlin, you know, the swords, uh, probably looking for food. But they they spiked those. Of course, you it's under the water. If it's under the, the sea level, you're in trouble, and you've got to repair it or, or of course. go under. And he was saying the big threat was always the ocean-going, um, you know, big ships. And he had a system where if they were in five miles of him, he got on the radio to them, you know, and said, look, I'm here, because he's 23 foot, they're hundreds of yards, aren't they? Yeah. But, uh, yeah, very interesting to know the sort of things that cause concern, how he managed to cook his food, the basic things, you know? Yeah, good. Um, he's, a, he's a smashing fella. He did it for charity, which is great as well. So we'll, we'll talk yeah. to Gareth after eight o'clock. We're also going to have Peter Davis on, uh, organiser of the Indoor Cricket League in Pembrokeshire. Uh, that's obviously been cancelled now that they, they're not going to be able to resume, which is a, a great shame. And we'll, we'll talk to Peter about that. But also look ahead to the future because hopefully they'll get indoor cricket back on in the county later this year, Bill. Yes, I'm sure they will. I mean, the problem with getting it now uh, you know, if, if we could start in March, is the hub in Maryland where it's an excellent facility, Ben, it's lovely. Uh, it's so popular with teams who want to get their nets in, you know, uh, county junior teams training, teams from West Wales training, mm. um, that it wouldn't be time to fit it all in. So they've taken the right option. And, and Peter's, you know, gobsmacked by that. But he's a, he's a pragmatist. He knows that we can catch that up next year. And uh, we'll have indoor cricket perhaps on a, a more improved basis again. Yeah, and, and the signs are good as well, aren't they? The, the signs are hopefully looking at that they're moving in the right direction. We've had the announcement of the uh, start date for outdoor cricket, which is going to be Sunday the 25th of April. We've got fixtures announced as well. Obviously, it's all, you know, pending the vaccine rollout yeah. continuing, pending no more spikes in the coronavirus. But it, it's good for, for cricketers in the county and spectators as well to, to see those fixtures being listed and, and to have a date where we're going to get some sport back on, Bill. Yeah, indeed, Ben. I think what, you know, I, I'm the same as a lot of other people, you know, I can't wait to go and just, I, I can't play anymore, I'm too old, but I can have a walk around the boundary, have a chat, watch some good cricket being played. And, and you know, that's going to lighten the, the sort of mental well-being of some people who are struggling because they can't get out too much. And it's going to be a joyous time. It is subject, as you say, quite rightly to, uh, the 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 R rate. I sound like a politician <laughs> being at the right level, and the the number of vaccinations. Marilyn and I, Mrs. Khan and I, have had our jabs, our first jabs, and uh, we're now uh, tomorrow. We'll be five days off the three week requirement for it to become active. So uh, yeah, I'm hoping that the cricket will really uh, 
get it off the ground quickly this year. And I tell you something, they're going to be people queuing up to play. Mm, an exciting round of fixtures on the first weekend as well. So, yeah. Carew, uh, Haverford West, that's an interesting one. Cresselli and Lorenny, Nayland against Narbeth, Saundersfoot against Athletic Ridd and Whitland against St Ishmael's. All being well, where, where would you be on the opening Saturday? Or in fact, opening Sunday as it is of the yeah, it is. Oh, League season. Gordon but, Thomas and I will go off in the car and just watch if you know some part of a few games i mean it's interesting because at the moment there's still some conjecture about whether people will move clubs i mean there's big interest in the fact that simon holiday who's on the wall as the dock is going to try his luck up a line as a coach for davin i think which uh, uh surprised me because it's a lot more travel for him and he isn't the best traveler uh, and tom davis who's captain of Cairo, has gone to play up the line as well so two very key key players for their clubs, all-rounders, mm. have gone. In the meanwhile, Nayland go from strength to strength. They had a couple of new recruits last year who served them brilliantly alongside their very talented homegrown players. And, um, you know, they'll be ones to watch again this year, I'm very sure. Yeah, no doubt about it. OK, Bill, be good to have some cricket to talk about in a couple of months' time. It's an actual sport. Indeed. Happening. Fingers crossed, all being well. Uh, we've got a busy first hour to come and we're live on Facebook after eight. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening on Pure West Sport. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to Pembrokeshire Vision Arts Wales, a brand new creative hub in Haverford West. Playing host to a youth and amateur theatre company, a show-stopping choir and a multitude of masterclasses from Broadway and West End talent. Calling all actors, singers, dancers and those who want to bring the West End to Wales. Vision Arts has the spotlight and the curtain is about to rise. Ready to take centre stage? Visit visionartswales.com Do you need a cash loan? Loans at home could help. We offer loans of between £100 and £600 and have over 60 years of experience of helping people in the Pembrokeshire area and beyond. Go online at loansathome.co.uk to get a decision in principle now. Compare the price of home collected and other cash loans available in your area at www.lenderscompare.org.uk. Representative 466.4% APR. Loan subject to affordability. 15% off day tickets when bought in advance through the website. Check. Great value annual passes to ensure the fun lasts all year. Check. Award-winning zoo containing over 750 animals. Check. Jolly barn where you can get up close to your farmyard favourites. Check. Large indoor vintage fairground. Check. A guaranteed fun family day out? Check, check and check. So what are you waiting for? Check out Folly Farm today. Zoo, barn, fairground, play. Pick your own adventure at Folly Farm.
Pure West Radio for Monday evening. A very good evening if you are just joining us. I'm Ben Stone. Great to have your company this evening. We are here with G&G Builders. More, of course, at pembrokeshirebuilders.co.uk. We're live on the Facebook page after eight. And I've got Fraser Watson with me right now to talk a bit of football from the weekend. Evening, Fraser. How are you? Not too bad. Ben was a little better before the weekend. I'll I know. Be honest, we'll come on I, I to know. that now. Yeah, because we, we were we were really hopeful for Swansea to go to Huddersfield and start the game as favourites. What we didn't predict was a four-one defeat. No, I mean it all pointed towards a Swansea win, didn't it? Swansea unbeaten in twenty twenty one. Huddersfield yet to win in twenty twenty one. But in truth, Swansea team in a pretty calamitous display, Ben, by recent standards. Defensively, they were all over the place. Very lucky to be one all at half-time, actually, through that late Huran free kick. And he made an unchanged 11 from the team, which was slightly fortunate to beat Nottingham Forest, but a team which still looked defensively solid nonetheless. So it was a real wake-up call Saturday. I think there was some uh, hope, really, and, and it actually took a bit of the, the disappointment of the defeat away by the fact that there were some other sides around them that dropped points. Uh, Brentford were beaten by Coventry, so it hasn't done too much damage. Swansea are fourth with two games in hand and, and only a point behind Brentford. And they've got these two home games coming up this week, Fraser. So th- there is a real opportunity for a quick response. Yes, that's right. And to be fair, Steve Cooper said, he actually said a week ago that Swansea will lose games. Everyone in the championship will lose games between now and May. I don't think he expected his point to be proven quite so emphatically on Saturday. But no, the Brentford defeat, and of course, Watford have moved above Swansea now, but there's still two games in hand on them. So it, to an extent, it's still largely in Swansea's hands. Um, will fluctuate between now and May many more times. We know that. But yes, it's the perfect opportunity to bounce back. You're right. They play Coventry on Wednesday. You know, usually you'd fancy Swansea big favourites for that, but they are coming off the back of that big win over Brentford as well, as you just mentioned. And then on Saturday, Bristol City at home, we've been in a bit of disarray and mm. the new managerial appointment hasn't really lifted them either. So, you know, you are going to have setbacks in the Championship. It's a big cliche, but it's it's a true one, especially in that league. And, and this is a big chance for Swansea to, to bounce back starting on Wednesday. One other line, actually, from the weekend as well. Uh, some some reports linking Steve Cooper uh, with the Crystal Palace job, which we, we should say isn't even available at the moment, but, but should Roy Hodgson leave? Uh, Cooper, one of three on the shortlist, including Sean Dyche and Eddie Howe. It may be that he doesn't get this job, but should, should we keep an eye on that? Because you, you, you might see Steve Cooper's name linked with one or two jobs going forward because he has done a good job at Swansea and his reputation is growing. Look, I think historically, Ben, if you look at recent times, Swansea have struggled to keep on to young progressive managers and that's always going to be the case because of the budget they have. You know, and, and Steve Cooper has always, you know, reiterated his loyalty and commitment to Swansea. He says he's got a job to do here and put admiring for that. But inevitably, if a bigger club comes calling with a bigger budget, with a bigger opportunity, which isn't having the problems behind the scenes that Swansea's had, his head could well be turned. It happened with Graham Potter. It happened with Roberto Martinez. It happened with Brendan Rodgers. So, you know, I, I would have thought Crystal Palace, you, you mentioned the three-man shortlist there, that Eddie Howe would be the favourite out of the three. But I think it's inevitable that if Cooper keeps overperforming, which he really has done at Swansea. We've got to run for all the for all the disappointment of Saturday, we've got to keep perspective, then yes. Those those kind of rumours will come and, and those links will come and it will be concerning when they do. And just a few lines from the Premier League over the weekend, Fraser, as well. Uh, for Liverpool, the, the league form doesn't pick up, does it? They were they were well beaten by Everton at Anfield on, on Saturday evening. Yeah, I think it's so, so strange. It's certainly something gone quite like luster at Liverpool. They've had 
terrible injuries and, and terrible luck with injuries as well. We do know that we're talking, you're talking standing players for standing players almost now. Mm. But still, they certainly have lost the spark going forward, haven't they? I would have said last season that the teams who sat back and sat deep against Liverpool were asking for trouble because you were inviting them on. They were so good. They were so creative up front. That even if you had nine, ten men behind the ball, they were finding a way through and scoring. That's not happening this season. You know, and Everton getting the early goal was the worst thing for them on Saturday. Good finish by Richarlius. And mm. Everton just sat deep and soaked up pressure. And the fact they had the confidence to do that against the Liverpool side, which almost unstoppable going forward last year, was quite telling. And then, of course, they got they got hit by the sucker punch at the end. So, you know, there are real problems there. Jürgen Klopp, people begin to question, is he under pressure? I think that's a ridiculous statement. Yeah. You know, he's worked wonders at that club. He's absolutely the right man to guide them through this. And I think he will, and especially when key players return. But, you know, they, they, they do have to refocus and reassemble pretty soon now because it's now not just a question of is the title within their hands, it's where the top four is within their hands. And they're, they're some way off that even now. Yeah. So they do have to they do have to hit form back soon. But it is a concerning period, a bizarre period, really. Yeah, no doubt about it. Man City uh, top the table, looking pretty good as well. 10 points clear uh, with that win at Arsenal. And Gareth Bale, actually, I thought looked so much sharper for Tottenham. That's back-to-back performances, having played for an hour in the Europa League. Tottenham lost 2-1 at West Ham played better second half but I was really heartened by Bale and that's good news for Wales as well with the Euros to come this summer that maybe we're seeing signs that he's getting back some of that sharpness He's had a good week hasn't he he showed flashes of it when he came on against Manchester City lovely goal the other night in the Europa League and assist as well and like you said by far and away he's the best player when he came on against West Ham too Um, and he seems to have responded he's come on he's looking sharper he's looking hungrier whether or not the criticism has stung him a bit. We don't know, but certainly from a Welsh point of view, you're absolutely right. It's coming at just the right time, you know, and he yeah, seems to be building towards the Gareth Bale that we've come so accustomed to, isn't it, in a, in a Welsh shirt? So we, we hope that it continues and we get some, some more game time in ahead of these Euros, whatever, yeah. wherever they may be. Exactly, whatever the format might be as well. OK, Fraser, just finally, because we're going to talk about this after eight o'clock sure. when we are live on the Facebook page, but what, what's your thoughts about the, the news that the cricket fixtures have been released in Pembrokeshire? It does feel like a bit of a relief because it means that we can look forward to some live sport returning. I don't know if you might be playing again this season, Fraser. I think you've hit the nail on the head there with um, a bit of a relief. Actually, I thought it was a bit of a lift for everyone. All of a sudden, you had people talking on social media and to themselves about something positive to do with temperature sport, you know, about something to look forward to. And and yes, we have to be cautious because we don't know what the, the situation is going to be with restrictions come that last weekend in April. But it's given some... It's given people something to aim for. And like you said, to look forward to. And you've got the Harris Allen weekend and all the dates released. And yeah, I think it, it created a bit of excitement. It came it was good timing, I'll say that. And and we're all excited to see them. I'll I will hope to be going down to Stackpole away on the first Sunday of the season. <laughs> Selection pending. That's out of my hands. Why is it but, a Sunday, um, Fraser? Was the, the question I was going to ask. Is that is that a traditional thing? Is that just different for this season? You know, it's an interesting question, Ben. Traditionally, as it's gone by, the agreement they've had with the the local football and the local rugby leagues is that they take precedence until May. So, the last because of the, the way the fixtures work out, um, it's eighteen league fixtures and one for the Harris and Allen weekend before September, when football and rugby takes Saturday precedence again. The first one of the season has always been on a Sunday to accommodate that. Now. But what you ask there is a very relevant question, is there? Because there's not going to be any league football or league rugby in the last weekend of April. So I think almost by habit, uh, I would imagine they set that that last Sunday. In fairness, at, at the time these fixtures would have been set, even though they'd just been released, then they may not have known the situation with rugby and football. But yes, I am. Um, I'm 
I'm very grateful them for sending me down to Stackpole on a, on a Sunday in, in late April, a damp Sunday, no doubt, the way <laughs> things will work out. Rather, it's a Saturday, but hey, let's just be hopeful there's action at all, isn't it? Yeah, let's keep fingers crossed. More on that to come after eight. Fraser, thank you for being with us right now, right here on Pure West Sport. Your 
West Radio for a Monday evening. That's Madonna and music. I'm Ben Stone, Pure West Sports with G&G Builders. We're live on the Facebook page after eight o'clock. Of course, the Six Nations had its mid-tournament break this weekend. Back again, though, with the Wales-England game in Cardiff at quarter to five on Saturday. France have also got some issues ahead of their game with Scotland on Sunday. Five of the side that started the game against Ireland will miss the match after all testing positive for COVID-19. That includes star scrum half Antoine Dupont. We will talk more about the Six Nations, no doubt, with Bill, Fraser and Gordon after eight o'clock. And you can give us your thoughts ahead of the weekend's fixtures as well. Uh, but let's get to one of our feature interviews in the first hour of the show. And if you would like to feature on the show, do give us an email. It's sport at purewestradio.com. And this week, Fraser Watson is doing a bit of friendly reminiscing. Well, it's a pleasure now to be joined on the, the Pure West Sports Show by um, a former, I won't say enemy, but certainly rival of mine, an opposing player, but also one of the best outside halves I played against locally, and, and certainly a man who left his mark on Pembrokeshire Rugby, both as a player and a coach, actually, and that's Hugh Evans. Now, Hugh, it's um, May 2018 when you stepped away after a long time at Fishguard, then as a coach. I've got to ask you, have you missed your involvement since? impressed by the mentality that you guys imposed on Fishguard because you of course had two promotions didn't you you went up from five west and then that was almost retracted if you like when these new localized leagues came in you went back down in division three west a you then went up again in the first year and, and unlike a lot of teams and I've got no qualms about naming them St. Clair's maybe Halford West in recent times they went up they realized the grass wasn't quite so green there was more traveling there was tougher rugby and they came down quite neatly and and Fishguard never settled for that did they you you had a few relegation battles in division two west but you know you refused to go down almost you were stubborn and you stayed up there and, and you didn't want to settle for just being a local side you must be quite proud of the fact the state you left them in yes uh, i mean when i came back to fish from newcastle and been along with big al and then randall and nathan uh came in with you know we all have a bit of a winning mentality and not one of us like not one of us like losing uh, where we were fortunate in Fishgut as well, and uh, it's something I firm believer in is, you know, we did have a good youth side and some good juniors coming through. It, it was a case of like, you know, if, you, if you're good enough, you're old enough, and you know, the likes of James Griffiths, the Morgans brothers, Mikey Jenkins, and others. Once you're 18, if you're good enough, especially, you know, in all disrespect, but in lower league level, we just threw them in and they all settled. I've got to give credit to all the players, really. They were committed to it and they enjoyed the challenge of going up and playing the Swansea, the Snesley sides, the Almond Valley sides. It was their commitment, really, to training. You know, I was a little bit as well for the will to win. And, uh, you know, selfish, got in, in good stead over the years. And, you know, they've kept, they've kept holding on there in Division 2 and long may it last. And of course, some of those names you mentioned there were quite synonymous with what was one of the most famous days in the club's recent history, wasn't it? That that trip to the then Millennium Stadium to play Watts down in the National Bowl final. Speak to us a bit about your memories of those days, you, or that day in particular. Um, probably, although, although I, was, I was never involved. I, th- I think I only played a few games that season, and that was just the rest players just before the semis and the, the, and the final. But, you know, it's one of my proudest moments in, in rugby playing or coaching, actually is to see those boys uh, 
ourselves and yeah. you know at half time it was a case of it could be for us but in, in all fairness we watched them you know they, they were a powerful side and they were too good on the day but you know the memories of that cup run fantastic you know the semi-final uh, against Kilvin they had been like uh, that was that was one special day it was a you know cup semi-final day neutral venue huge crowd of guards from both clubs you know the ground was surrounded bit of a drizzly day but it was a cracking game of rugby and you know that that was the prize at the end of the day to get to the Millennium Stadium and anything after that it sounds stupid but anything after that was a bonus but the prize was to see those boys then after the Millennium Yes, of course. And some of the things you've touched upon already here, Hugh, about the importance of having a good youth team and mentality and that sort of thing. I know you're still a keen observer, as you've already mentioned. What state do you see of Pembrokeshire rugby now? You know, because we, we hear so much, don't we, people about, oh, we should bang on to, back to the old days. We need a local Pembrokeshire league and, and so on. And for me, that that's not really a realistic option at the moment. But there are concerns out there. There are numbers dwindling, even pre-COVID, let's be honest. And there are youth teams folding. And it, it's certainly participation-wise, not in the healthy state it was maybe a couple of decades ago. What's your overall outlook? Do you have concerns looking in from the outside? To be honest, you know, everybody's got their own opinions. I, I've had concerns for quite a long time uh, in relation to that. And I don't think it's just Pembrokeshire, to be honest. I, you know, I've I read articles and people say things about them, concerns about rugby, in, you know, in the rugby hotbeds of the valleys and things like that. Sure. There's an article a couple of weeks ago about concerns of up to 30 clubs folding, and that's you know, that's away from Pembrokeshire. The, the concerns I've had over the last few, few years is I, I personally don't think these academies have helped. They've, they've stopped youngsters playing at weekends for youth size, which then has a spiral effect where, where your club's best players don't play for their youth teams and this thing. But if he's not playing, I'm not playing. But And, and there are other interests, and there has been certainly mm. a fall-off. Boys not wanting to travel. And OK, I can, I can sort of see it from that perspective, but don't totally understand because I'm a little bit rugby, rugby, cricket, whatever, the sport obsessed, if you like. Yes, of course, yeah. Um, but the main thing that's fallen off me is because there's no rugby in schools. I mean, a lot of us were fortunate enough to... And Pembrokeshire was one of the biggest parts of it. You know, when I was in school in Fishgut, we took two sides to play every week. Yeah. Two senior teams to play, and every school was the same. And, you know, it was competitive, the standard was high, and you had some tremendous players coming through, and, you know, internationals. I, whether it can go back to that day, in relation, um, I don't know, but in relation to how you go on from me, I, I think it's how you get, you keep youngsters involved in the game, and, and how you boost the numbers of players, numbers are dwindling, and how, how you can get that back. And, you know, I, I've said about, as much as I enjoyed going up to play in Swansea, Flesh, Yarmouth, or places like that, Again, and testing yourselves against these sides. You know, how do you get it back to players playing? And could you go back to local rugby? The downside of that is you would have mismatches at the moment. But sure. whether they could localise it a little bit more than they have now to stop teams in sort of Division 2 and to go up to Swansea every other week and make the travel easy and maybe you can boost player numbers. And that's Pure West Radio's Fraser Watson talking to Hugh Evans. More from that interview to come in a few moments' time. And we've also uh, got an archive interview as well. We're, we're delving through the archives at the moment because there is a lack of live sport in Pembrokeshire, of course, at the moment, as the coronavirus restrictions continue to be in place. Uh, but we'll hear from Bill Kahn speaking to Gerald Davis, a rugby legend, as Bill himself 
readily admit, so we'll be hearing that interview before eight o'clock. You can always get involved as well. Hashtag Pure West Sport. And we're live on Facebook between eight and nine this Monday evening. The Valero Community Update on Pure West Radio keeps you updated with the various projects Valero are supporting in Pembrokeshire, from sports clubs, schools, charities and musicians to members of staff from Valero who volunteer their time. We hear about the latest community projects Valero do to support our community on the last Wednesday of every month at 9.30am and 5.30pm, only on Pure West Radio. If you miss it, catch up on the podcast at purewestradio.com. The Valero Community Update. Join us every Friday for the 2.30 kickoff as Haverford West County take over Pure West Radio to bring you the latest news and developments direct from the Bridge Meadow. Team news, transfers, new signings and the latest changing room gossip from the Cymru Premier side. Miss the final whistle? Well, listen to the Haverford West Bluebirds podcast by visiting purewestradio.com. Our club, our county, our community. Haverford West County AFC. Ah, enemy ahead. Fire. Where? I can't see them. Right there. Fire. Oh, man, you missed again. You need to get your eyes tested. Nah, mate. I ain't got the cash for that. You're in college. You can get an eye test for free. Really? From where? I'm with Mags Optics. They're in the Riverside Arcade in Halford West. Sick. I'll check it out. Eye tests are free for children under 16 and those aged 16 to 18 who are in full-time education. Glasses up to £85 are free for students aged 18 and under with an NHS voucher. Call Paul, Tina and the team on 01437 767744 or go to magsoptics.co.uk to book an appointment. Mags Optics are the proud sponsors of The Gaming Show on Pure West Radio. Download the Pure West Radio mobile app from the App Store or Google Play.
Wet 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 for a Monday evening on Pure West Radio. A fitting band to play on the night that intrepid Pembrokeshire seafarer Gareth Reynolds is our special guest. He is with us after eight. He's recently completed a 3,000 mile solo row of the Atlantic Ocean from the Canaries to the Caribbean in aid of charity. He did it in 51 days, three hours and 59 minutes. He's live on the show after eight. But let's hear the second part of Fraser Watson's interview with Hugh Evans and their changing sports here. You just mentioned cricket there. It's interesting. That's the next topic I was going to come on to. You obviously a long stint playing for Ammonford, and I know you had a couple of stints in Pembrokeshire as well, playing for Dinas and then Chris Ellie for a season. But um, are you still close now? Are you still a keen follower of Ammonford? Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's fallen from a distance because obviously, uh, yeah, obviously living in uh, Pembrokeshire. You know, I was born and bred in uh, the Almond Valley, and a lot of my upbringing was on Ammonford Park, watching the, the great Ammonford sides of the eighties. And I do remember uh, you being one of. question now Hugh cricket is a, a game where it lends itself more to longevity and I'm sure you still have plenty to offer to, to a lot of local sides you, you are, you're you not tempted to to get the, the bat and the pads out for a bit longer the kits up in the attic and the bats in the cupboard but I, I said for the last three or four years oh yeah maybe I'll give it another go this year and it never go but you know I've got other commitments obviously with family and things like that but it's just hard finding the time and the, and the commitment easier but yeah I, I haven't totally uh, said no yet I do Well, one one question. I you know I have been had a few early mornings myself lately to watch the cricket England and Sri Lanka and then India and I do troll through uh, social media and I notice you're one of the early risers as well for this series. I'm interested. Now, how would you have approached that pitch in Pet Chennai? Not a clue. <laughs> <laughs> not, not a clue. I, I used to go on. I, I used to go on the basis that if you weren't quite sure if it pitches in your half. Uh, just throw something at it, but I don't know. When, when you're playing on pitches like that, from day one, you know, we've all got our views on it. The Indians know how to play it, but it, it was difficult. Yeah, I'm not going to criticise England for that second test performance. I, I did like the, the pitch for the first test, bit of a bit of a bad bit pitch for the first couple of days, and then it was hard work. But yeah, it's a good series and uh, worth getting up to four o'clock in the morning for. Excellent, especially in these times where we can't go to games live. Well, Hugh, it's been fantastic to hear from you and glad you're keeping well. And obviously, if you were to get the, the bat out or, or even the rugby boats in <laughs> sometime they, again they soon. Won't be <laughs> I've heard that before, but we'll be there to cover <laughs> it. Hey, thank you for your time, Hugh, and take care. Pure West Radio's Fraser Watson talking to Hugh Evans. If you would like to feature on the show, if you're involved with Pembrokeshire Sport and you think you'd like to come on and join us, do drop us an email. It's sport at purewestradio.com. The second hour of the show is always live on the Facebook page and you can actually go on there right now and have a look at some of the interviews we've done over the past few weeks. Amazing, really. The show's been running now since October and we are really grateful for the support we get on this show. Last week, we were joined by the former 
Arsenal, West Ham and Celtic striker John Hartson. That video is on there. Dominic Day from Lamphy, former Scarlets rugby player. You can see that video. The Haverford West County manager Wayne Jones has been a guest. All available right now and loads more brilliant content on the Pure West Radio Facebook page. Give it a like this evening. It's Monday evening. We're back through the archives with Bill Kahn next. It's all I want to do, so won't you dance? I'm standing here with you, why won't you move? I'll get inside your groove, cause I'm on fire, 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 fire. It hurts when you get too close, but baby, it hurts. If love is really good, you just want more. Even if it throws you to the
Minogue plays here on Pure West Radio for Monday evening. I'm Ben Stone. Pure West Sport with G&G Builders getting ready to go live on the Facebook page after 8 o'clock and you can get involved. Hashtag Pure West Sport. Bill, Gordon and Fraser will be with me, of course. One of our guests is going to be Peter Davis, organiser, of course, of the Indoor Cricket League in Pembrokeshire. Unfortunately, confirmation, as we spoke to Bill about earlier on in the show, confirmation that we won't be having uh, a resumption of the indoor cricket that's been cancelled as the COVID-19 restrictions continue to be in place but there is better news that the opening fixtures have now been published there will be a Pembrokeshire cricket season the the division one games will start of course along with fixtures from across the divisions on the 25th of April that will be a Sunday the division one fixtures will be Carew against Haverford West Cresselli against Lorenny Nayland against Narbuth, Saundersfoot against Leckerid and Whitland against St Ishmael's. So about two months time for the planned start for cricket in Pembrokeshire and we will pick up a bit more of that with Peter Davis and the rest of our panel after eight o'clock. But we are going through the archives on a Monday evening right now and Bill Kahn is talking to someone who is a rugby legend. There's no doubt about that. Let's hear Bill's interview from 2013 with Gerald Davis. Now, the word legend is used too ill-advisedly sometimes in sport, but I can use it today because I'm thrilled to be talking to a legend, a real legend of Welsh rugby, and that's Gerald Davis, who uh, thrilled everybody with his play on the wing for Wales and the Lions. Gerald, it's lovely to have you in Halford West. You're signing your books here. You've had a terrific response. Well, first of all, let me thank you for the kind words that well, you just said. True, yes. I'm not sure whether I actually recognise yes, them in, in all that, but it's been a very successful morning here. The book about the, my favourite 15 tries mm. uh, that Welshmen have scored and uh, I've had a good signing session here and a good welcome here in Halford West. I mean, I was amazed. I came here at about 10 to 1 thinking, oh, there'll be a little trickle and I'll catch you. But there's been non-stop people signing, uh, asking you to sign all the time. Well, I'm delighted at that yes. because it can be a bit awkward sometimes when you turn up for a session and whether yes. people will actually yes. turn up. Yeah. But here it's been constant. Uh, I arrived here, as you say, at that time and it's just now that I, I, I finished. And I'm delighted with that because, uh, you know, people are interested yes. and the welcome that I've had here. And I think it's worth saying, you know, it's been an hour and a half slot year and you've signed loads of books, but it, you're happy to sleep, you've signed some and left them. So if people want to get a cracking late Christmas present or a New Year present for dad or uncles or aunts or brothers, there's still plenty of they can come and get them at the Victoria Bookshop. Well, there are three ways of looking at it. There are those who turn up today to yes. get it signed, there are those who have booked in advance mm. to sign them, and then there is the third one then, to sign some enough copies here so that if somebody does decide late in the day that they'd like to buy yes. one, there is one here yeah. uh, to, uh, already signed. Well, I can say I looked through it uh, before today. I was lucky to have an advanced copy. There's some stunning photographs, and your choice of you know rugby trays, you must have spent hours deciding that. That could couldn't have been easy for you. Well, there are two sides to the whole exercise, really. There's the joyful part, the yes. enjoyment part of selecting yeah. or going back and looking mm. at all these wonderful tries that Welsh players have scored mm. over the years. That was the joy. Yes. The difficult and the painful bit was to cut them down yes. to 15. Yes. The guillotine had to come down at 15. Yes. And uh, I've made my choice, and I'm sure anyone mm. else reading the book and looking at them will decide other things 
uh, yeah. the other tries that they would have wished to have been there. Yeah. But I have to say, that the point that you're making is a beautifully presented book. Yes. The pictures are terrific, and I'd like to think that some of the writing at least may be of interest. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've probably got fed up of answering the question I'm going to ask now, but I will ask it. I mean, one of my favourite tries ever happened to occur in Scotland when a certain Gerald Davis sized over in the corner and that left-footed fella from London Welsh, Basil Brush, kicked the conversion. Do you get fed up of asking about that or is this still strong in your memory? No, it's still strong in my memory because it was a great time. Mm, Um, For us, we were lucky to be part of it, but we were great friends, you know, Mm. that we played together for quite some time and there was a kind of club atmosphere that was generated Mm. in the team at that time. And I have to say, the the one that you've just mentioned now, uh, up in Murrayfield against Scotland, it ended up at 1918, one point in it. And they, the game, the lead had changed hands about three or four times during mm, the course of it. Right. Back and forth, back and forth it yes. came, and it was settled in the final minute. It was, a, it was wonderful to be part of that. I mean, old fogies like me, the, the commentary from Bill McLaren will live in our memories. You know, it was just stunning. But you also scored, you know, other stunning tries as well. It, you know, pe- I suppose you get fed up with people mentioning JPR and Bennett and all those t- sort of top players as well. But you must have a, an amazing wealth of memories with playing with those players. Well, what it was is the point that I've just made. We were so long together, mm-hmm. yeah. and it stretched over a decade in yes. the end. So that we were good friends, and the nice thing is that we do meet up now and again, do you? and we uh, we have a chat about the old times. But there were some great games, and people often ask me, which is your favourite game, which is your favourite try? It's very, very difficult yes, to I say guess. that, because there were so many that we yes. did score, and the players that scored them, So and the, there were always great games, I think, at the mm. time. And so it's very difficult then to pick out any one game or any yeah. one try, but in general, I think, it was a lovely period to be part of. And what was also great about it, the response of the public, yes. the response of the supporters. Mm. Welsh supporters are the most loyal mm. of all supporters in the world, right. I'd say. You were heroes, weren't you? And we were delighted that we were giving them pleasure. It's only after you finished that you realise, or at least people are willing to come up to and say mm. to you, you gave us a lot of pleasure at that time. Yeah. And that's a very warm feeling. And you're still doing it now with your book. So that's lovely. So thank you for talking to us. I hope you have a safe journey to St David's and do well there as well. And I'll give your regards to Graham Thomas, that reprobate from Sardis, who's your pal. We've been great friends ever since our Loughborough days, yes. back in the 60s even. Um, we, we talk now and again on the phone, but we don't meet often enough and I'd love to be able to have a chat over a beer yes. and to go back at the old times but to also to say how nice it is to be here in Pembrokeshire. We love having you. Thanks very much indeed. Well that's our archive interview with Bill Kahn talking to Gerald Davis. We'll do another one at the same time next week and if you would like to feature just drop us an email. It's sport at purewestradio.com You can get involved with the show after 8 o'clock. We'll be live on the Facebook page so you can watch along there as well. I'll be joined by Gordon Thomas, Fraser Watson and Bill Kahn. One of the things we'll kick off with, Prime Minister Boris Johnson announced a four-part plan to lift the coronavirus lockdown restrictions in England. It does have an impact in terms of sport. We may see a return to grassroots football, for instance. We'll get the panel's views on that because I want to know whether that might give an indication of what the Welsh government could do. Is it right that as we maybe head towards the end of March, we look to see whether some grassroots football can return? What's the latest news on Haverford West County? We'll get the views of our panel after eight o'clock. Also being joined by Gareth Reynolds from Dale. He's just completed an incredible solo rowing challenge 
going from the Canaries to the Caribbean and rowing more than 3,000 miles. Really looking forward to talking to Gareth after eight. And we'll be talking cricket as well. The indoor season might, might be off. We'll hear from Peter Davis about that. But they have already announced new fixtures for a new cricket season in Pembrokeshire at the end of April. So we'll get some reflection on that. And we might have time to talk about the impact of VAR on football as well. That's all to come after the latest news for Pembrokeshire as we head towards 8 o'clock on Pure West Radio. I am Charlie James and here's the latest for Pembrokeshire. 37 new cases of coronavirus have been recorded in the Hewell Dar Health Board area according to yesterday's figures. The figures from Public Health Wales